podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Pro Plus. I'm Trev Downey. I'm podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined for this special show by Ben Bochak, who's going to talk to us about our new arrival, Mr. Dominic Sabozlai. Ben, there are so many things I want to talk to you about, so many avenues I'm looking forward to exploring on this topic with you. But right out the gap, I have to get something very important off my chest. I've heard that the nickname that our new man goes by is Sabo. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I mean, he's got oh dear. a few nicknames. Uh, <laughs> Any other ones we might prefer? <laughs> uh, we we Hungarians, we call him Sobby. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> uh, which is his nickname for, from us, uh, which we like to use. I already uh, prefer that. I already prefer that. <laughs> I think then, uh, it's it's more of a, the English English people and the English speaking world tend to call him Sobo. Not in Hungary. That's we in Hungary we call him Sobi. Sobo is just I think a, an easier way of uh, uh, sort of uh, saying his uh, a shortened way of saying his surname because it tends to be a bit of a mouthful for some people. Yeah, there are a lot of syllables there. I've 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 heard a lot of people do a lot of damage to it. Before we start anything really, could I just say to you that I'm really appreciative of your time here. It's great to have someone who actually knows what they're talking about to give us the lowdown on Mr. Sabazlai. And would you mind, Ben, just letting people know? I know you work with Liverpool.com. I've seen that you've written for World Soccer magazine, which is a great favorite of mine. Would you just let people know what it is your background is and how it is you have a special insight into Dominic Sabazlai uh, and Hungarian football. Yeah, so I've actually written for The Guardian as well in the past, uh, Daily Mirror and, and a few other publications, but I was originally born in Hungary um, and then I grew up in Hungary uh, for the first 10 years of my life, so I spent my childhood there and then my, my dad was fortunate enough to to get a job in England through through the EU and uh, uh, moved his whole family over here. So I came along with him and uh, that's why you probably can't hear a Hungarian accent or anything. I, I grew up in England ever since I was 10 years old and I still live here and work here. Uh, I, I, and like I say, I, like you mentioned, I'm employed by Reach PRC who, who own Liverpool.com and I write for Liverpool.com. Uh, I mean, it's no secret, I think. Uh, I made it very public now on, on social media and uh, that I'm a, a big Liverpool fan and have been uh, even when I was growing up in Hungary. Uh, I remember my dad telling me stories about uh, my, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, his stories of, of Kenny Dalglish and, and mm. great teams and the great sides. And uh, 
yeah um so that that was very inspirational and um uh, obviously since then I, I felt i think when i was growing up as a kid i remember falling in love with fernando torres uh and then obviously i, I wanted to be a footballer but then as most journalists uh, i think most football journalists end up realizing at some point in their lives uh I had a couple of bad injuries, so I, I realised I, I need to transition into something else. And then I started uh, uh, working in, in media and uh, on, on um, yeah, I, I wrote for a lot of um, the, the Liverpool websites during the beginning of my career, like Empire of the Cop and uh, This is Anfield. I, I wrote for them freelance and then uh, just, just worked my way up. And I think I really started to specialize. The reason why I wrote for so many publications is because I, I started to specialize in Hungarian football, but also just writing about uh, young players and their journeys. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of academy coaches uh, all around the world uh, in, in the last few years, you know, from, um, you know, Erling, the, the scout who discovered Erling Haaland to um, Alfonso Davies's agent, uh, who who was also his youth coach, and uh, obviously, I mean, I'm gonna get back to to the topic of uh, Sobosai, and uh, I spoke to his father in in the past a few years ago. Um, I, I uh, also spoke to Red Bull Salzburg's sporting director Christoph Freund, uh, who I'm I'm sure people are familiar with uh, about Dominic Sobosai and uh, that that's a piece you can read if you go on my Twitter uh, it, it's it, it was really about the early beginning of his career and uh, at that point he was just starting to blow up he he just I think he he, he just scored the the goal that uh, qualified Hungary to to the European Championships uh, and and that was a pretty special moment for in his young career he was 20 years old and uh, Hungary were drawing with Iceland in, in the playoffs uh, there were a few minutes left uh, he gets the ball in Hungary's half starts to go on this amazing run and um, ends up hitting a long range strike from 20 yards which nestles perfectly into the bottom corner of the net and uh, Obviously, the celebrations were crazy for that, uh, um, and, and and that made him uh, a, a hero in, in, in Hungary at, at such a young age. I think that's when people really started to look up to him. And uh... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, um, I guess that's kind of my background on on Liverpool and Dominic Sobosay and, and uh, my career a little bit. Well, it sounds as if we have the perfect man for the job here. And I was I was looking at your timeline and, you know, you, you mentioned that, that goal for... 
uh, the Hungarian senior team. Um, but I was fascinated by some footage of uh, 2017 and the under 17 Euros. And this kid just walks onto the ball and strikes it beautifully. There's a couple of things here I'm going to build into this question. One is he seems to have outrageous technique. I, I, People, I think, uh, turn their noses up at this concept, but there is such a thing as being a clean striker of the ball. And this guy just seems to do it. Here he is at the tender age of 16, 17, striking home that last minute winner. So there's two things here. He seems to be a guy for the big moments in the big games. Mm. Uh, and he also seems to have this outrageous technique. Would you just ex- maybe expand a bit on those from your knowledge of what he's achieved so far? Yeah, just to give a bit of context to that goal you're describing, it was uh, uh, literally in the last seconds of the game, Hungary under-17s were in the elite round, qualifying round for the under-17 European Championships, and they came up against a really strong Norwegian side with Erling Haaland on the pitch, and it was uh, 1-1, if I recall, or or 0-0, and uh, basically he, he gets this ball, on the edge of the box and hits it first time and loops it over the goalkeeper, hits hits the top corner. Uh, some people I've I've seen commenting on under my post tra- sharing that goal, saying it was Gerard esque against the Marseille. Uh, mm, mm. It it does does kind of remind you of that goal a little bit. Um, and and yeah, that was a. That announced his name to to Hungarian football fans. I remember watching that. I was in my first year of uni. And I remember watching it, and uh, uh, I was uh, pretty uh, amazed at the time. It was uh, it, an incredible moment, and uh, you know, it, it got him a lot of spotlight very early on in his career. Um, uh, uh, he he very quickly accelerated into the under twenty ones, and. Uh, while he was training with the under 21s he was also invited at 16 years old to um, train with the senior national team already uh, which is pretty remarkable at, at that age I mean he he didn't wasn't actually called up to, to the squad and wasn't involved in the squad but to to even be given the opportunity to train at such a young age mm. with the the senior national team is, is something special and then you know, if uh, you also asked about his striking technique, and I think it, it's it's really interesting when I spoke to his father. Um, one one thing he highlighted is um, he um, practiced a hundred to two hundred times a day uh, when he was younger, and he still does. He's he still practices a lot, um, and and uh, yeah, he's, so sorry, he practiced one hundred to two hundred free kicks a day. I should add, I, I forgot to uh, add that important part. Uh, he, he really practiced it in his, his technique in terms of free kicks and shooting, and, and um, you know it helped that his father founded an academy in Hungary, which uh, you know start sort of. Uh... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, 
which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, made very innov- innovative um, changes in terms of uh, player development. Uh, I think one of the most interesting is his, his dad used to, instead of giving out bibs to, to the younger players, he used to uh, put headbands on them. Uh, you know, to, to force them to look up and, and make the pass and be more aware. And uh, in terms of uh, defending as well, um, he used to put two golf balls in their hands to, to teach them to defend without using their arms and their hands. So they're not putting on each other's shirts, you know, and uh, and learning how to, to balance without using their arms and, and defending properly and uh, not giving cheap fouls away. Uh, so yeah, those those are kind of the most unique techniques that stand out to me when when I spoke to his dad about sort of his methods. And then I think another part is just genetics. Uh, when Dominic gets asked about uh, you know his striking technique, uh, he always mentions how he's got only size seven f- feet, uh, even though he's uh, I think six foot one, six foot two, uh, almost six foot two I think. So he's quite tall, but he's got quite small feet for 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 someone that tall. And and he says that 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 really helps with his technique. And I think um, that's what he kind of says is his secret uh, in terms of his striking technique, which is interesting because I mean he he's I think really unique in, in world football. He can generate a lot of power and a lot of precision. Uh, with his shooting, with his, his crosses and uh, uh, everything, really. And, and, you know, maybe there might be something to it. I mean, if he says so, you've got to believe him, right? I mean, that's, there's so much there. I, I, I For a start, I'm absolutely loving that uh, coaching voodoo. That's fantastic. Uh, and I love that, you know, he's immersed in the game to that level, you know, with even family background, too. And... You know, an awful lot of people, Ben, are going to be wondering, they'll be a bit like me. They'll have seen maybe the guy play once or twice. They'll have seen now absolute endless compilations in which, you know, most players can look good. But this guy does look ridiculously good because it's just outrageous moment after outrageous moment. But for for those of us who are wondering, and I know as a Liverpool fan, you'll have a very strong opinion on this and take on it. For those of us who are wondering how he's going to fit into this midfield rebuild, because obviously he's being bought, bought as a starter, he's the third highest uh, Liverpool transfer, I think, in history. This guy's going to be going into the team. Um, and you'll know, I, I'm sure you've taken part in several conversations um, professionally and otherwise about this midfield rebuild. And the take most of us have here is that, yeah, we need at least one defensive midfielder and we need a couple of eights. And now if we've got, a, we're, what, what I'm asking you is, is that what we have now? Do we have those two starting eights? Is that what where, where we can expect to see him? And what is his history in terms of positions on the field? And, and what do you think his strength is in that regard? 
Yeah, to, to answer the first part of the question, I think so. I think definitely we've got uh, those two number eights now, uh, McAllister on, on the left side and Dominic on the right. Uh, I think, you know, I remember very early on in his Salzburg career, he was playing as a holding midfielder sometimes, and even for the Hungarian national team, he played a couple of times in, in that number six position. I think, Obviously, he's a much better up, further up the field, and he very quickly transitioned into a, a more of an offensive midfielder. But I think it's interesting to note that he did start out in the holding midfield role, um, and and uh, I, I think um, I, I really see him sort of fitting into that right-sided midfield role, and I think. It's uh, the, the prospect of him coming into that team and, and uh, playing alongside Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, obviously saw Alexander-Arnold uh, sort of uh, move into and shift into the middle and, and play in a, a, a different, a new position. And I think uh, I wrote an article on liverpool.com today, which I, I said, I, I don't think uh, this is going to stop that experiment, Dominic's arrival. I don't think... Uh, I think, if anything, it's going to aid it. I think it's going to help Alexander-Arnold move even more into the middle because uh, if you look at the kind of heat maps that Dominic takes on, uh, you know, according to transfer marks, he plays as a right-sided midfielder. I always said he, he does like to play a bit more central, a bit more, bit deeper than a, a traditional right-winger would at Liverpool. Um, but... If we're thinking about it in this new system, I can see him uh, linking up with Trent, uh, maybe going a bit further up the pitch like Henderson used to do in, in the last few months of the season. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, you guys noticed, but Henderson tended to push up quite high towards the end of the season, got in the box a lot more. I mm. can see Dominic doing that. And then on the other hand, I can also see him maybe overlapping Trent a couple of times, putting crosses into the box, uh, you know, and, and I think what it's going to help with is, you know, now, if this still goes through, then, you know, for for for, for the vast majority of Jurgen Klopp's era, teams knew you, you just double up on Trent and you can maybe take him out of the game. But now, I, on that right side, if they, if teams double up against Trent, you have Dominic, who's just as creative, who's just as potent with his uh, uh, shooting and with his accuracy in terms of crossing, who could uh, you know hurt the opposition just as much. And I think this is going to cause a lot of problems for, for teams next season. And uh, you know it's going to take some time for for Jurgen Klopp to get it right. Obviously. Um, a new player, he'll take some time to settle, but when and 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 obviously if Jurgen Klopp gets it right, I mean the, the that prospect of those two linking up, plus obviously Mohamed Salah, I mean he's not 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 a bad winger, is he on the on the right side, <laughs> and he's also quite creative himself. So uh, that 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 trio on the right is is a mouth-watering prospect, I think. It, absolutely. I mean, even just the mental pictures are are great as I'm thinking about uh, things while you're speaking, and it, it kind of a, a little bit of a of an of a not anxiety but a concern would be, 
you know, you watched the team the same as I did. And one of the big issues was we were very porous. Now, it was partially a lack of availability of key individuals like Thiago was drop off in Fabinho's form, certainly a drop off in the captains. And so we had that sort of lack of uh, energy and and certainly we did look a bit porous. Now, I understand that Sabozlai is uh, primarily a very creative footballer. But in terms of the work rate that's required in a Jurgen Klopp team, I mean, that's famously part of making it in a Jurgen team. You can't be slacking and he's going to have to do a certain amount of tracking runs and that type of thing and uh, closing passing lanes and that sort of uh, thing. Does he have that side to his game for those uh, of us who, who aren't aware? Mm, absolutely. And I think this is one of the major factors where you know, I've been a big advocate. I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased because I'm Hungarian, but I've been a big advocate of this move for for some time. People are pulling up my tweets from 2020 or 2019, uh, where where I, I recommended him to Liverpool, and I've written uh, my my editors and my colleagues at Liverpool.com will know I've written a quite fair few pieces of why he would be a good fit for Liverpool over the years. Uh, and, and the reason why is because this is a player who is just the, the perfect Red Bull product and, and obviously what are Red Bull famous for in football anyway uh, they're famous for, for gig and pressing and uh, from you know from the age of 14 he'd been traveling and training with Red Bull and then he officially joined them when he was 16 and went straight into their academy so um you know, over the best part of six, seven years, almost eight years, he's been groomed and developed in that Gagan pressing system, which Jurgen Klopp uses at Liverpool. And uh, he's he's quite quick. He's he's got a lot of energy, and uh, I think one of the things that Hungarian fans see most of him and, and appreciate the most, I think, is his energy. Uh, you know, it, in the Hungarian national team. Um, we obviously have to play differently to to how he he plays in Leipzig. Uh, that we come up against a lot tougher opposition, uh, and and Hungary are not necessarily uh, the greatest side in world football. So you have to be a lot more defensive. And I think one of the thing that is uh, appreciated in Hungary the most about Dominic is is his how much effort and how much running and commitment he puts into those games when he plays for Hungary. He's uh, uh, he's uh, he's uh, brilliant in that regard, and uh, he, I I think one of the things that stands out to me the most, like one moment that I have to pick out, is when um, Hungary played uh, England last year and, and uh, beat England 4-0. And uh, there was a moment when he took a free kick on literally the edge of the 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 England uh, sort of final third. It was almost on, on um, in the corner. And he took the free kick. The free, free kick hit the post, um, and England quickly retained possession and, and went on a counter-attack. Uh, Jared Bowen got the ball, and, you know, we've seen Jared Bowen in the Premier League, he's, he's quite a fast player, and um, Dominic ran from all the way from from being one of the furthest players on the pitch, uh, all the way across the pitch, and and tackled him in, in Hungary's final third. Uh, it was a 
incredible recovery run and uh, he does that quite a lot and and quite a few times and uh, you know I think those kind of clips uh, that that um, you see now and are being shared on social media is just an affirmation of uh, why Liverpool have decided to commit and have decided to spend and, and make him the third biggest transfer of all time in the club's history. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Oh man, that's music to my ears to hear that stuff and I'm going to go and look that up on YouTube immediately once we finish chatting and you know that you know that that first time he does something like that in Anfield, he'll be just, that's it. He'll be elected. He'll be uh, the new hero uh, because our fans do love that, that level of application. I'll never forget Dirk Coutts' debut. He didn't do anything particularly impressive, but it, just the raw energy of the man on the field, he was an instant hero. And if Dominic's got this beautiful uh, extra layer of, talent on top of that energy and what a what a combo that is and i mean he's still a young man granted he's achieved a lot in the game and he has a high profile but do you feel that there's still um more room to push up into that ceiling in terms of uh him as a player or do, do you think he's pretty much the finished product now I, I've, everyone looks to improve if you stop doing that you're not a professional obviously but do you think he's kind of he's where he's going to be or do you think there's still a little bit of ceiling left there to push up into oh no, absolutely i think that's that's you know he can he can still improve and i think he's one of those players who is not never satisfied so he's always going to want to improve and he's always going to want to get better and i i don't think he's He's going to stop here and I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. I mean, he's 22 years old. He's going to be turning 23 later this this year, I think, in autumn. So he's still very young and, you know, um, yet to even hit his prime. So I think he's got many, 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 many years uh, left uh, at the top of the game to, to improve and get even better. And I think this is just the beginning. Uh, it for me, it, it kind of reminds me of you know a similar player in, in that sense to Kevin De Bruyne, when he was in the Bundesliga and, and dominating and, and doing really well, and uh, you know people were kind of surprised that Manchester City paid so much money to to, to sign him, and uh, obviously unlike 
so we'll say De Bruyne did have that negative experience at Chelsea, which probably uh, impacted people's opinions of him. But it, for, for me, it just it, it reminds me of of that De Bruyne transfer when you know the, the, both of those players are very creative, and I think. Sobose can be uh, Liverpool's own version, although you know completely di- different in some sense. And you know, two players are never alike, and they're never going to be the same. But uh, I think those comparisons are apt in terms of how how the two play and their creativity. Uh, in, in that sense, I think uh, yeah, I I think um, it's an exciting time to be a Liverpool fan. Uh, I, I feel the same way about McAllister. I mean, he's only 24 and he's also quite young and I think he's still got levels to go. And, uh, you know, the two of them linking up uh, is, is going to be a really exciting prospect in midfield. Oh, man, it really is, especially considering what's ahead of them there in attack and mm. the, the the potential the potential um, link-up play with Cody Gakpo with both of them. Yeah, it's 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 very very exciting, and I'm I'm even more excited now after talking to you. And I I wonder you you mentioned earlier on that you were busy doing Agent Bochak uh, interventions, trying to get uh, the club to notice Dominic in the past, and uh, hats off to you for that. Um, do you think there's a situation where? With the player himself, I mean, you know, we know the cliche, but everybody says when they arrive at a new club that they were a boyhood fan. But do you think? And this isn't this isn't coming from a place of 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 uh, humility or, or 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 feeling inferior or anything like that. But the 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 status of the club has taken a bit of a hit just over the last year or two, despite you know attaining all that we did in the pre in the previous campaign and getting to yet another final and all that in the Champions League. It just has felt like it it got a little bit of a a prestige kick. I'm wondering is do you think Sabozla is thinking of us now as the destination club for him? You know, because previously you would have a, a Javier Mascherano who would come and he was always going to be hopefully going on to Barcelona in his head or Real Madrid, like likely the same as, as Luis Suarez. Two heroes, two wonderful footballers who did great bits for us. It, with, with Sabozla, do you think Sabozla is thinking, all right, I've, I've made it now. I'm I'm at Liverpool. This is my destination. I think that's difficult to say. I mean, obviously, with Jurgen Klopp being in charge, and and I think if uh, I think he'll he'll be confident that Liverpool can achieve the greatness that they once did. I don't think he'd be stepping down from the Champions League to play Europa League if if he didn't believe that. Uh, in terms of the final destination, I mean, right now, even right now, given Liverpool status, there's very few clubs left in world football who, who could be considered as a step up. I think the only one that I can really think of is Real Madrid. You know, mm-hmm. the rest are, I mean, obviously Manchester City, you'd have to admit right now that they're, they're, they're a bit, a level above Liverpool. But I think it would be very difficult even for Manchester City to sign any Liverpool player, uh, even even at this stage. Um, and you know he's coming into the Premier League, which is getting stronger every year and becoming even more dominant. So I think it would be difficult to say that he isn't thinking about this as uh, 
it, it, as a long-term project and, and uh, you know, maybe not necessarily his last ever move, but definitely uh, he'll be here for the long term. And I mean, he's still very young, so it's it's hard to say if he's going to stay his, his entire career at Liverpool. I mean, hasn't even signed yet officially at, at the time we're speaking. <laughs> so it's difficult to talk about that. But I think it shows a lot of ambition from his side that he did decide to uh, give up on Champions League football because... Uh, every interview that he does uh, about his career, he's always spoken about how his dream is to win the Champions League. And we know there were clubs interested in him who could have offered a route into the Champions League. But I think um, he's kind of played in, in, in project teams all his career. You know, if you look at Red Bull and Red Bull Salzburg, RB Leipzig, they're, they're teams that never realistically can compete for for for, for in, in the competitions that he wants to be successful in uh and, and and they're selling clubs and I think this decision he wanted to make with with the mind of you know I, I want to go to a club where I can achieve something special and uh be successful and, and make history and, and be remembered and I think uh that's one of the biggest factors in why he chose Liverpool because even even given what happened last season, Liverpool is still one of the biggest clubs in world football. Jurgen Klopp, he Dominic said it himself very recently and, and a few years ago as well. He's one of the best managers in world football and he's all, he's someone who Dominic has said he would like to work under in the past. So um you know, I think that was also a huge factor, and I think he is very confident that we can get back to our winning ways again. Yeah, I mean, th- that as as you said that, I thought, well, yeah, let's just hope he wins one with the Reds or maybe two. Let's be greedy. I- I've got two questions left for you. First up is sort of more of the intangible, but again, I noticed something on your timeline about it, so I think you probably have something to tell us here. Famously fellas don't get signed by Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool unless they're half-decent humans. Uh, it's one of the first things that Klopp will say about a new signing. Um, you know, he's a good footballer, obviously, and also he's a really good guy. And it seems to be, you know, it, it's it's kind of informally known here on our channel as passing the dickhead test. Uh, he does seem to be a good lad and he seems to be quite down to earth. And I saw you say something about that. That'll be kind of not not necessarily the kind of thing that's spoken about on transfer podcasts. And yet it's a massively important aspect of getting a transfer to Liverpool. What can you tell us about the kind of fellow we're getting? Yeah, he's he's, he's very humble. I mean, you know, he's, he's got... Um... He's got a strong family support behind him, very close-knit friends and, and just a very tight-knit group. And uh, I spoke to some of his friends in the past uh, and, and they say, you know, when he's walking out, walking about around the street, he's uh, he takes pictures with everyone. He's really open to, you know, uh, being a role model and, and setting an example and I think one of the the biggest memories that stands out to me in terms of you know showing his character and his humility is when uh, I think this is probably what you're refer- referencing to when when Hungary went um, played in the Nations League uh, 
they needed a draw, I think, against Italy to, to actually qualify for the semi-finals of this season's competition. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get it. They lost. Uh, but, you know, it was still a huge achievement for Hungary to even be competing at, at that level uh, in a group with England and Germany and finishing above both England and Germany. Uh, so uh, afterwards, uh, the players, uh, just a, a tight-knit group, uh, four players went to um, a local pub and served pints for, for the fans at the bar and Dominic was one of them and I think those are the kind of things that you really appreciate as a fan and uh, it, it's it's the kind of things that we don't really see in modern football often, you know, uh, giving back and, uh, and, and doing that kind of thing but it's the kind of thing that we see a lot when it comes to Liverpool players. I mean, recently Cody Hapkow went back uh, to, to his roots and, and uh, Virgil van Dijk as well is someone who's always giving back to the community and uh, I think he, he served in McDonald's recently, I don't remember, I don't know if I remember that correctly but yeah, he's, they're, they're, they're special people, the, 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 the people that Jürgen Klopp employs and, and Dominic is one of those people, he's uh, very humble, uh, you know, sometimes he has a, a, a bit of a cocky attitude, I mean, on the pitch and, and when it comes to football, you know, he, he certainly believes in himself. Um, there's a reason why he's very good friends with Erling Haaland in that <laughs> regard. Um, and, and obviously that was a moment which is now doing the rounds quite a lot. Um, back in, I think it was 2021, almost two years ago, uh, he likely got a penalty against Paris Saint-Germain in, in the last minute. And Dominic stepped up to take it and before there was a kind of a VAR review so uh, it was taking a long time and Neymar came up and was taunting him and was asking about you know are you going to score trying to put him off and you know it's the last minute there's a lot of pressure you're going up against uh, Donnarumma who's one of the best goalkeepers in the world uh, so obviously there was a, a, a lot of weight on his shoulder because uh, Leipzig needed that goal as well it was Paris Saint-Germain were winning uh, 2-1, so Paris need, uh, Leipzig needed the goal. Dominic, you know, overcame those taunts by Neymar and, and stepped up and scored it in the 92nd minute. And afterwards, he, he did an interview with the reporter where uh, the reporter was like, oh, so what did Neymar say to you uh, before the penalty? And he was like, well, he was just asking me, like, are you going to score? And the reporter was like, well, what did you say to him? And he was like, of course. Uh, and... <laughs> And uh, the reporter laughed and Dominic obviously smiled and laughed as well. And it was like, I never miss. That's just how it is. I never miss. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, like you say, that kind of confidence is necessary in the field and it's um, it's always a good sign. One last question, because again, I want to just talk to you about stuff that I know you're going to have a take on. You mentioned earlier on that you uh, had written a piece where you spoke to um, Dom, Dom's father and also to... Christoph Freund, um, who is the sporting director at Salzburg. Um, what were your big takeaways there from what Freund told you and what his father told you about him uh, and the way in which he's developed, like his strengths and that type of thing? What was the, what was the, the, the sort of the, the, the one that really stayed with you? I think, first of all, it's just his commitment. He's a really hard worker and, and he's been that from day one. I think his dad said something like, you know, from the first moment Dominic got a football, 
uh, at three years old. He, he kind of just ne- never left the ball uh, ever since. Uh, he's someone who's, who's really committed, he's a hard worker and uh, even when when I spoke to Christoph Freund, uh, it was just as Sobosay was on the brink of moving to Leipzig. So he was going for a significant landmark in his career, kind of leaving his uh, boyhood club behind in Salzburg. And uh, the, the the thing that stood out for me is um, Christoph Freund sort of stressed how, how hardworking and how much he's improved since he's arrived at, at the club. Uh, just even in terms of physically, I think, you know, when we were all lounging about during coronavirus, um, he actually uh, got a private trainer uh, called Shane Tussett, uh, who works with uh, loads of famous Olympic athletes in, in Hungary who have won gold medals at the Olympics. And uh, so we got in touch with him to, to kind of give him a, a routine during coronavirus to help him improve and get him in, into the best shape possible. And and it was during the, that quarantine and the pandemic after he came back that he just kind of exploded onto the scene and uh, scored his first ever uh, senior hat-trick uh, and, and just did some incredible stuff for, for Salzburg and ultimately ended up moving on, I think, in less than a year's time to, to Leipzig. Uh, and, and, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's someone who's always looking to improve, always looking to work, and, and that's what... I think I have to highlight uh, because that's what you want in a player and that that's what you want. That's the kind of player we want joining Liverpool who is going to continue to work and, and will want to get better. And in that sense, he really just reminds me of Salah's work ethic and attitude. You know, Salah is, even now he's on holiday, I'm always seeing him posting on social media, being <laughs> in the gym and stuff. And I mean, he's tireless and... Uh, Dominic is similar in that attitude. Ben, I didn't think it was possible, but I'm now more excited than I was before we began our conversation about this kid. Like he said, let's hope it gets done now after this chat. Will you let people know where they can find your work and read what you're putting out on a regular basis before you go? Yeah, so definitely check out liverpool.com. That's that's who I work for, that's who I write for. And like I said, I've written a fair few articles about Dominic, obviously, even before even past the last uh, sort of uh, 48 hours. So definitely check that out. And also you can check me out on Twitter as well, at Ben Bocak, which is spelled B-O-C-S-A-K. That is fantastic. Ben, thanks very much for your time this evening. It's been very educational. I'm sure, like me, the listeners had their ears pricked up and very, very smiley faces on them. Um, I've enjoyed it immensely. Thanks very me much. Me too, yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You're a gent. You're a gent, Ben. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.